And finally, a reminder of a plea from our own president of the Academy of Science, Professor Jagadish. His plea, stop undermining our scientists. They're working to protect us, not least from pandemics. So let's go to court and review the evidence of the origins of COVID with our judge, Ella Finkel, who writes for the journal Science and Cosmos. And there'll be a transcript of her review afterwards. The COVID pandemic may be over, but the debate over its origins certainly isn't. Was it cooked up in a lab or did it evolve in nature? The debate resembles a criminal court case. Both sides are using evidence, but of different quality. The case for a lab leak relies on circumstantial evidence and smearing the character of scientists. It only grows weaker with time. By contrast, the case for a natural origin grows stronger. That's because it relies on the convergence of different lines of scientific evidence, most of it published in top journals like Science and Nature. So has this scientific evidence made its way to the court of public opinion? No. Polls show that some two-thirds of Americans and Europeans believe the lab leak theory is true. So, members of the public, you be the jury, I'll be the judge, and summarise the evidence for you. Before we start, let me tell you why this is important. For one thing, many of our best and brightest scientists are being harmed. Like Eddie Holmes at the University of Sydney, one of the world's leading lights on the evolution of viruses. So much so that in August, the British Royal Society awarded him the Croonian Medal, the same one Howard Florey won for developing penicillin. Holmes has been a key target for journalist Shari Markson. The accusation? He colluded with Anthony Fauci to cover up a lab leak at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Accusations have consequences. Fauci in the US and Holmes here have received endless harassment and death threats. They're not alone. Across the globe, researchers have been warning us for years that bat viruses are getting dangerous. Now, in a case of shoot the messengers, they're the ones being savaged by a specious narrative, namely that it was their work that unleashed the pandemic. The truly alarming situation is this. While we're barking up the wrong tree, the real enemy is out there and our defences are down. Our best scientists are battered and bruised and the toxic geopolitics has severed their connection with their Chinese counterparts. In other words, the early warning system we've always depended on has gone dark. One more thing before we get to the evidence. A bit of scene setting. Let's go back to 2003 and the first SARS outbreak. Up till then, we thought coronaviruses were relatively harmless, the sort of things that gave us the common cold. SARS-1 was a wake-up call. The key was to discover where did it come from. 
Pretty quickly, we learned it crossed over from infected palm civets sold at the Guangdong market. Here, live animals were butchered and eaten at local restaurants. But while Chinese palm civets were transmitters, they were not the source. Horseshoe bats were. It took 10 years of searching bat caves to find the ancestors of SARS-1. Their genetic code was a 95% match, and just like their dangerous descendant, they carried a homing beacon for human lung cells called the receptor binding site. The worrying thing was there wasn't just one type. The bat viruses were cooking up all sorts of receptor binding sites, and many could infect human lung cells. This we know from studies at the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the University of North Carolina. From 2013 to 2017, in numerous international publications, the researchers issued warnings. In late December 2019, SARS-2 hit the city of Wuhan. So where did it come from? Let's start with the lab leak theory. Ironically, the first folks to suggest it were Eddie Holmes and his close colleague Christian Anderson at the Scripps Institute. When they first poured over the 30,000-letter genetic code of the new virus, they got a shock. There were two short strings of code not present in SARS-1. One was an altered receptor binding site. Like SARS-1, it targeted human lung cells, but with even better precision. Another was a furin cleavage site. It helped activate the receptor binding site. Both new inserts might explain the super-spreading power of this new virus. Could they have arisen from genetic engineering experiments at Wuhan Institute? the scientists' concerns quickly reached Anthony Fauci. Fauci recommended they do two things. One, round up the experts on virus evolution for a conference call. And two, contact their respective intelligence agencies. In Australia, Holmes reported his concerns to Nick Warner, then head of Australia's Office of National Intelligence. The conference call between the experts took place on February the 1st. In the course of that meeting, the virus experts changed their minds. Rather than being made in a lab, they decided the virus had most likely emerged from nature. And that led to an accusation. They changed their minds to cover up the lab leak. Here's how the argument was built. Exhibit A. Anthony Fauci headed the US National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, which funded work at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. To prevent reputational damage, Fauci twisted the arms of the experts so they would change their opinion. Exhibit B. Christian Anderson, 
another virology expert, colluded with Fauci because he had applied for a $9 million grant from Fauci's department. It's not clear why Eddie Holmes would have gone along. Exhibit C. The most electrifying piece of evidence was a 2018 grant proposal to the US military research agency DARPA. It proposed grafting a furin cleavage site into a bat virus to test its effects. The work was to be carried out in Ralph Barrick's lab in North Carolina. The proposal was rejected, but perhaps the experiment went ahead in Wuhan and the virus escaped. Exhibit D. An escape from the Wuhan lab was deemed possible because their safety requirements for working with bat viruses were not as strict as those in the US. Exhibit E. The capstone. Rumours, never substantiated, came out that the very first case of COVID, patient zero, was a scientist in the Wuhan lab. Join all these dots together and you have the lab leak theory. But, members of the jury, there's another way to join these dots. Why did Eddie Holmes and his colleagues change their minds in February 2020? Exhibit A for the defence. After searching the genetic databases, the two alarming strings of code turned up in other coronaviruses. It turned out MERS, Middle Eastern Respiratory Virus, had the furin cleavage site. So did the common cold coronaviruses. These viruses all have a knack for jumping species and they seem to do so by acquiring a furin cleavage site. So, very likely, SARS-2, a virtuoso species jumper, jumping to cats, dogs, minks and deer, got its furin cleavage site the same way from nature. And as far as the new receptor binding site, it popped up in a coronavirus harboured by pangolins. So coronaviruses were coming up with these suspicious strings of code all the time. And while none of these were close family members, unrelated coronaviruses are notorious for getting together in bats, having orgies and swapping bits of their genetic code. Exhibit B. If SARS-2 had been made by genetic engineering, then what virus served as the chassis? Wuhan Institute of Virology has thousands of bat viruses in their freezers, but they had only ever managed to grow three of these viruses in the lab. And for these three viruses, their genetic codes were too far away to have been the starter virus for SARS-2. This argument also discounts the explosive evidence from the DARPA grant. Yes, Ralph Barrick at the University of North Carolina had proposed tinkering with a furin cleavage site, but none of his bat coronaviruses could have produced SARS-2. 
This is something the US intelligence agencies entirely agree with, and they had unfettered access to Ralph Barrick's lab. Exhibit C. In early January, Zhengli Shi, head of bat research at the Wuhan Institute, also feared that her lab might be responsible for an accidental leak. So she examined all the bat virus codes in her archive. One virus, RATG13, was a 96% match. But it was one of those viruses that she had never been able to culture. She also ran antibody tests on all of her lab workers. None of them carried antibodies to the new virus. Armed with the new evidence, Holmes and his colleagues completely changed their minds. The balance of probabilities showed that this new virus was made not in the laboratory of man, but nature. And what of Fauci's cover-up? To the contrary, of course his institute was funding the Wuhan Institute of Virology. It was the global sentinel for monitoring dangerous new viruses. As Fauci said, it would be irresponsible not to have supported them, even if it was only a paltry $121,000 a year out of his total $6 billion budget. And what about Christian Anderson having his arm twisted for his little bit of a $6 million grant? Well, that grant had scored its winning marks a month before the phone call with Fauci. And finally, patient zero at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. All the US intelligence agencies say there is no supportive evidence for that. So, most of the dots used to sketch the lab leak theory, have been erased. Three and a half years after Holmes and his colleagues made their assessment that SARS-2 came from nature, the science keeps backing them up. Here we go. More evidence. Exhibit A. More bat coronaviruses have been found in the wild with greater than 96% similarity to SARS-2. They show tantalising clues. A set of viruses found in Laos has an almost identical receptor binding site. Another found in Yunnan shows natural tinkering at the site where the furin cleavage site is. And as SARS-2 has evolved from Delta strain to Omicron and now Pirola, guess where the changes have occurred? The furin cleavage site. Nature just can't seem to help tinkering with it. Exhibit B. A different line of evidence comes from contact tracing of the earliest cases. Over half of them reported working at or being in contact with someone from the Huanan seafood market. It didn't just sell seafood. We know it illegally sold wild raccoon dogs and civets, both known to carry SARS-1. Exhibit C. Besides contact tracing, Michael Warraby, an evolutionary biologist at the University of Arizona, 
mapped the home addresses of the first 150 cases onto the city of Wuhan. All of them centred on the Huanan seafood market. Think about it. In this mega city of 11 million people, any one of its shopping malls would have 100 times the traffic of the market. Yet, as Warraby put it, it's like blindly throwing a dart at this humongous city and it lands on one wildlife market. Exhibit D. Another line of evidence comes from bioinformatics specialist Jonathan Picar at University of California, San Diego. He showed the market harboured not just one strain of virus, but two. This means the market wasn't just spreading the virus. If it was, it would have spread a single strain. Instead, it's consistent with what we know happens. Animal viruses are making hopeful leaps to humans all the time. China has been completely unhelpful about resolving the origins debate. They've declined to hand over researchers' lab books, but they've also declined to share data from the market. For instance, samples from the seafood market showed both raccoon dog DNA and SARS-2 in the same swabs, consistent with this animal being a carrier. Yet it took over three years for this evidence to be made publicly available. Why have the Chinese been so difficult? Perhaps because there are competing interests at play. The wildlife trade, once worth $74 billion a year, is fighting for its survival. The lab leak theory exonerates those in the trade. In summary, members of the jury, I advise you to put more weight on scientific facts than conjecture. Those scientific facts point overwhelmingly to the origin of SARS-2, not in the laboratory of man, but of nature. It's time to stop persecuting our scientists so that they can do what they have devoted their careers to doing. Understand where the next pandemic is likely to come from and protect us. Our judge was Dr Ella Finkel of the journal Science and Cosmos magazine. Her sources are impeccable and you can read her summary on the Science Show website. Norman Swan has read her summing up and says it's spot on. So perhaps a turning point in the COVID story. And also in this Science Show in our region's understanding of our environmental future. Production by David Fisher. Welcome back. And thanks again to Shelby Traynor. I'm Robin Williams. Music.